0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment,
1: or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. From the website GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement Girlfriended, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on TogiNet.com.
0: We all have
2: fabrics of our lives that are that have been a little tattered sometimes. But what does it take to cause them to mend? Wow, well, that was we... hard for me to get out. <laughs>
0: that was. <laughs> um, or we have fabrics lying around the house. Are, is it lying or laying? Are they laying around the house? Really good, I'm not really that good at <laughs> English. But well, we'll say they're lying around the house waiting or actually screaming out um, to just finish me, finish me. Or they okay, started but projects. I don't think those are the fabrics we're going to be talking about, the, the tangible fabric. All right, all right. I know, I know. So the question goes to how bad do you want it, the mending that is of your own life? Well, welcome
2: to Girlfriended, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. <laughs> I'm really having
0: a problem, and I have caffeine and everything. I think it is a caffeine. <laughs> well, we're Lisa and Patty, and today we're talking to our first guest, who actually had us on her show, I don't know, four or five years ago when we were launching Girlfriends Unlimited. We instantly connected and shared the same passions. Dr. Tina Corte, she has been a radio personality for 13 years. Mm. She has a doctorate of ministry and she has a, um, she's been a pastoral counselor and a popular speaker and author. Welcome,
3: Dr. Tina. Well, I'm so glad to be with you guys this morning. This is really fun. <laughs> See, we need payback. someone to add some
2: class to our show this morning, because as you can tell, we're kind of stumbling through our, our caffeinated, so please bring class to our show this morning, okay?
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's payback for uh, four or five years ago when I had you on, Right. All right, all right. Okay, okay. Well, and, you know, I'm so delighted because you guys have become a fixture, really, in women's ministry today. I mean, it's wonderful to hear you guys four four or five years later. Well, Dr. Tina,
0: you thrive on equipping and encouraging women to discover their passion for ministry, and that is truly, with Lisa and I, that is our heartbeat. And that is why you went back for your doctorate, and um, tell us a little bit why you, you wanted your doctorate in women's ministry. What, what sent you in that direction?
3: Well, I had a, a kind of a burning question, and I guess that's the, the way God called me to get that question answered. And that question was because I had seen women disappearing, especially, you know, I was on the radio for all those years, and I used to do a women's program once a year. And over those years, I began to see that no young women were coming. It became, we became grayer and grayer, so to speak.
0: Yes. <laughs> you know? And, well, I, the, one of the things that really caught Lisa and I, when we were going through and we were launching Girlfriends Unlimited, we would put these conferences and these training events, and women would actually come up to us like they had given up. I mean, the, like you said, it was grayer and grayer, and they would literally go, oh, the younger the younger women, they're having their babies and they're having to work, so there's really there's no reason to even... Ask them. And Let's we thought, okay, how sad is that? We are losing our, our younger generation. We, the next generation won't even be involved anymore because the, the women that are involved now, they're not even asking the younger ones, or they're not doing
3: anything enticing enough for the younger ones to want to be a part of. Exactly. In fact, I did a research project based on interviewing older women and younger women, and um older women being 65 and older and younger women being 25 to 35 because i wanted to find out how they were connected in the church Isn't and it... i found out there were no connections wow uh, in fact, yeah i mean it was startling to me and then i then i began to interview them and realize they were actually angry at each other which startled me, too, because I always had this rosy picture of Elizabeth and Mary, you know, Elizabeth training Mary and teaching her. Well, that's not the way it was. (laughs) Ah. And and so seeing uh, those disconnects, I wanted desperately then to find a way where we could begin to be woven together again, where we could begin to appreciate, and this is what I did during my research in the archives. I, I began to appreciate what had gone before me, which I had never really truly done before. And then I began to see that young women don't know really what the older women have done in the church in the years past. And so I began to develop that a little bit.
2: Well, and also we were finding too. It's like you know, uh, kind of our generation, which is not that old, but <laughs> we were—we um, are fixtures.
4: <laughs>
2: Take for yourself. I'm not totally a fixture yet. Um, we were, we were, kind of, we were raised in the church, and so it's like it just seemed second nature to us. But so many of the younger ones coming in now don't have a church background, and if they do, it hasn't been a positive experience. So we saw that we really had to change the perception. Of church for a lot of the younger women. Were you finding that in some of your research? Oh, absolutely.
3: I, I think um, part of that was is the system was so old and, and so uh, solid because uh, the older women really had control of whatever was going on in the church. And I began to see also that the young women needed to be given permission to have a fresh vision, that Mm -hmm. God has given a fresh vision for young women. And us older women, we had the chance, okay, to to fulfill the vision God had given us. But now God has a new vision for women in the church.
2: And I I so agree with that. And it's new, and that's the emphasis.
3: Exactly. And it's there, it's young women's. Uh, calling from God to find that vision. That's not for the older women to tell them or anything else. And it, it just is amazing. What I found, of course, when I went in the archives, I did 100 years of women's ministry in the church to find out what held women together. How did they stay connected in the years past? And, and you know what? It hasn't really changed a whole lot probably in 100 years. <laughs> no, it hadn't. And, and, I mean, it really hadn't changed much because the four threads I found, The first one was tasks, all the jobs in the church to do. That was number one on the list. In other words, that's how women connected. They had to work and they had to get stuff done. Yeah. They raised the money in the church because the men were out in the fields working and doing all that kind of stuff. Women then had to do rummage sales and, you know, all of the bazaars and things that we inherited Um, all of those things were done by women to raise money in the church because the women paid uh, the pastors, the women paid the missionaries, the women followed the missionaries. So the task was number one, and the second thread that held them together was the missions and the education in the church. But a 100 years ago, many women didn't even speak English. Wow. So so education was not just the education of the stories of the Bible, um, was actually the education of learning how to, communicate, and, and up here where, where I am, Norwegian and Swedish and all of that, they had to learn how to speak English. Hmm. So it was basic education, and then friendship was the third thread that held them together, but they they became friends because they learned how to speak together, they worked together, and they became friends because they celebrated every holiday, every event in their lives in the church, which doesn't happen today. Exactly. Okay, and so then the third thread, sadly, I really couldn't believe this, was their relationship with Jesus Christ. Very little was written or recorded about that. And that's because back then they believed so strongly in private faith.
2: Yes, they really did. They didn't really talk about your faith. They compartmentalized it.
3: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And so what happened then is I I then began to look at the culture today, our postmodern culture, and began to look at who the women are today. And I realize that those four threads are still very present and very needed in women's ministry, but you flip them upside down. Mm. Number one is relationship in Christ. And number one, young women today, if they walk into your church, they are seeking Christ because they can choose any religion they want now. We're in, yes. the, post, we're in the post-Christian era hmm hmm So they can choose anything. They can go down the street and, and become a Muslim, or they can go on the Internet and find out whatever they want. But if they go into a church, they're looking for friends in that church. And so uh, fr- uh, uh, number one is knowing your story and being able to share Jesus Christ with another woman. Second is, is knowing that friends are in the church and you can find friendship. And that's what you guys are all about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, of course, comes uh, education and missions. And then comes the tasks because we have caterers today who cook the food. We have janitors who clean the church. Exactly. You know, so those kinds of things um, are not number one on the list, nor should they be anymore. And well, you know what?
2: It's so important because you're seeing a shift even in churches because with the uh, the emergence of the mega church, the large churches, mm-hmm. you're um, and that changes that dynamic, like you said, because then there is more specialized ministries. Exactly. So it's like the same person. So I know um, my husband is a pastor, and we first started ministry, and um, he was a youth pastor years ago. And he was a youth pastor from nursery through college. Hmm. You wow. he do everything. And now yeah. these days you have, you know, you have five people doing, you know, preschool you exactly. have, you know, if, if you're from a different church. So the dynamics of church um, and logistics of it have changed greatly.
3: Exactly, exactly. I do most of my work within the smaller congregations because they're the ones that are really falling apart. They're declining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I go in with a series of workshops and work with the women, and we weave a new vision. And so that's the work. That's where God has called me. I love, I worked in the larger church up until I moved up here to Duluth, and mm-hmm. I love that because I could then specialize in specifically something, and I, that's really great for me. But these smaller churches are the ones that God has laid on my heart, and so I go out to a church with maybe 100 members and work with them.
2: I love that because that, there is such a need there. And, Tina, um, we only have, like, a minute or less <laughs> to finish by okay. way <laughs> too fast. Well, we hope that you will join us again because this is just great information and, and casting that new vision. If In if, just a few seconds, can you just kind of um, leave us with what's most important as women that we need to grasp to weave um, a fresh new um, kind of vision and set women's hearts toward God? Can you? Kind of explain that in 30 seconds.
3: <laughs> in, in 30 seconds. Okay, we need that new vision, and God is going to give it to us. And so we need together be praying. We need to know that God has a generic ministry for us. We don't have to be searching outside of our church necessarily, that God has given us all the gifts that we need, and that it, the par, the, it's to come together and weave that new vision.
2: That is so well said. That is, and that's exactly what it is, and we love the prank. So, thank you, Dr. Tina, for joining us. We've loved it. We're going to have you back. It's a joy. Okay.
1: is Girlfriend on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these. Cease and Me is on Toginet, A delightful, thoughtful, serious, and not so serious call-in show with Cecil Murphy and Twyla Belk. Tuesday nights at 8, 7 central on Togginet.com. You know Cease is the veteran author from 90 Minutes in Heaven gifted hands when a man you loved was abused and many other books as well as a mentor for writers and Twila belk is an effervescent force known as the gotta tell somebody gal she's also a writer and motivational speaker who's always bragging on god for more on Cecil Murphy, go to his website, Cecil Murphy that's P-H-E-Y, dot com. And for Twyla, GottaTellSomebody.com. The show, Cecil Me, is a far-reaching, faith-based, shared conversation and call-in show with questions welcomed. A chance to get everything out in the open, from questions about writing to surviving sexual abuse to the topics of the day. All from a Christian worldview to help you. Cease Me, Cecil Murphy, Twyla Belk. Tuesday evenings today, 7 central on toginet.com People
5: think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio where it's all about choices.
1: Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com
5: The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune into Teen Talk Radio with Nicole Odell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us.
1: For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com
0: so excited to have our next guest. Uh, she is a survivor of sex trafficking as a young child. She was put into this industry, and uh, we just want her to share her story and be able to talk about the incredible healing that she had through working with Mending the Soul. Amira,
6: how are you this morning? I'm great. Can you guys hear me okay? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we, we, I'm uh, so excited to be on today.
2: I know, it's so fun to talk because we just love being with energetic people who, who have really gone beyond and going into that, the hope and healing part, and so that's, that's just what's exciting to talk about, that there always is hope, and you are yes. such a face for that, the, you know, of hope.
0: And, and our theme for the day is um, going along with what Mending the Soul does, and um, how has your involvement with Mending the Soul impacted you in this past year?
6: Um, it has definitely been one of the most life-changing experiences I have had. Um, a, a year ago, I was very anti-counseling, strong, independent woman, can do it all by myself, I didn't need anybody's help, kind of thing. Wait, I have to and
0: stop, um, Amira, had you already gone through
6: it, it, counseling up to that point? or No, you- I have had none. None, Okay. I was doing it all on my own and trying to live this little cookie cutter life and be a member of the PTO and take my kids to soccer and just try to live this happy normal life. But on the inside, I was, I was a wreck, really. Yeah. And because I had never faced it, I, I had not even told my husband at that point. Mm. So, um. So I got in contact with Mending the Soul through Streetlight, and um, it's been an amazing, amazing experience and life-altering healing process. I've completely came to terms in just a year with everything that I have gotten. I've gone through, and not just the trafficking. I was raped when I was seven or six. Sorry, I was raped when I was six and molested for several years. And I switched schools a lot and had a severe drug addiction. So there was lots of things that I needed to overcome. Mm-hmm. And so, and they were all bundled up. And I wanted to work on them separately, but I didn't realize that they were all connected.
0: Well, so. He said that you hadn't even shared with your husband. You hadn't shared any of that, of, of being in the whole sex trafficking world? You had not even gone there at all?
6: He knew, no, he did know that I called myself a prostitute when I first met him. Yeah. But um, at that time, I really thought I was. In fact, when I started um, learning more about trafficking and sexual slavery, it was hard for me to accept that that was what happened to me because I still wanted to blame myself. And then I felt like I was just grabbing onto that to release the shame that I felt for putting myself through that. But I came to terms that none of it was my fault and there was nothing that I could have done differently, really.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's- interesting. You So you went into your relationship with your husband, just your identity was, I am a prostitute. You never saw it as... I was in this child, you know, sex trafficking of being raped over and over and over again, not by my choice. You saw it right. as, I'm a prostitute.
6: Yeah. And, I mean, we didn't really talk about it. I mean, I when I met my husband, we started a happy little life with um, my stepdaughter and him, and then we went on to have children afterwards, and, I mean, we've just been really close, and... At that time in my life, I was trying to overcome a drug addiction because I had just, I had only been clean a few weeks before I met my husband. So every year I was really just trying to get over that. Every year or every month it would be, okay, I've been clean a month. And then after a while it turned into I was just getting on with my life and everything was in the past, but I kept getting increasingly agitated. My anxiety was through the roof. I'm horribly afraid of the dark. I couldn't be left alone. I was afraid to walk to my car. There was lots of things, and I just attributed those to being a woman. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't attribute those to being what I went through. I felt like I would gotten over it because I had gotten on with my life, but that's just not true. You know
2: what, Amira, what, just listening to your story, first of all, we just wanted you to know how much we appreciate you, the courage it takes to be able to share this and, and to, to kind of bring the darkness to light. And, and Patty and I meet so many women and talk to them, and it is so easy, I think, as women to stuff some of this stuff and to think um, to compartmentalize it and, and, like you said, to think it's in the past and, and to even allow some of those things to define us, which are misperceptions. But the fact that, you, you know, just going through, because so many times we look at people, we think, oh, they're fine. And as women, so many right. times when people say, "Hi, how are you?" We always go, "We're fine, thank you." But inside, right. dying and crumbling, and, and we, we're looking for those safe places or somebody just to love us and to say, "You know what? Let's you're not fine. Let's let's work through some of these steps." And I know through mending the soul, which is an intensive. Um, you know, it's such an incredible program, and uh, it's more than a program. It gives you the tools, and it gives you a support, right. and it really offers freedom to go beyond. And um, you have yes. that, which so many women don't even know where to go. Um, can you kind of explain, even through taking your personal experience with this trafficking how, and, and just knowing what you know now, today, how do you feel is the best way to reach the girls who are out there that are, Kind of experiencing some of the same emotions and things, and maybe um, discarding it as it's just part of being a woman, which we all know that no, that's not normal.
6: I think that um, I think that the biggest problem with sexual abuse, sexual exploitation, and any type of abuse, people just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It it's not talked about enough. Me talking about what I went through has been the biggest part of my healing. And it's, it's really started to change lives because I have the courage to stand up and say, look, this is what I went through. People are starting to come to me and, and share what they've gone through. And I've got people that are now going through counseling because they see the effect that it can have. And you just need to speak up and you don't have to shout it to the world. You know what I mean? But. Thank you. You need to take care of, you need to take reins in your own life and go after that healing because it's life-changing. I have went through the ringer and back. I mean, I, most of the stuff that I've gone through is shown in movies, you know what I mean? But I have an overwhelming sense of peace about my life now that I would have never had if I didn't start my healing journey.
2: Well, and you know what is so um, significant interesting is to do healing doesn't always feel good because you have to go... No, and- it's horrible.
6: Exactly. <laughs> I know that sounds bad. It's rough.
2: Exactly. It's just right. like anything. If you have something wrong with you physically, you have to have surgery to get it fixed right. for healing, and surgery is not fun, and it's, it's so many times just on our emotional well-being, we don't want to put the effort and go through the pain again to get to the other side, and that's why... But it really, it's very but you're,
6: empowering at the same time. Exactly. So on one hand, you're like extremely empowered and ready to take on the world, and then on the other hand, your mind's very clouded, and you have all these emotions flowing, and the reason you feel this way is you're because you're feeling anger for the first time in your life. It's a defense mechanism to not feel anything when you su- suffer from abuse. So you're shielded from everything. And so you're, you don't know how to react when you're feeling feelings for the first time in your life.
2: That is such a significant point because these emotions—it's like, how do I deal with this? How do I start this out? And and so many times when those things emerge, we want to immediately shut them down, right? And not deal with it.
6: Yeah, um, you need to you need to feel it because once you feel it for the first time, it 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 starts. To get better and better, and it's so empowering to be in control of your life and doing your own healing because it's all—it's all you. It's not the counselor that you're having. It's none of that. You're—you're you're the one that's going to be in charge of taking the reins and going after it.
0: And I love and, that, especially just. You know, it sounds like you—you you so have um, gotten in touch with gotten. Got
6: You've gotten into it. <laughs> We've been having a rough morning all morning. <laughs> That's okay. I'm just having my first bit of caffeine right now, so I feel you. <laughs> we,
0: we were speaking last night. We stayed up a little bit too late, and it's catching up to us right now. But um, this past weekend, we were speaking out at the ASU campus, and um, we were speaking to one of the gentlemen who went through 12 years of counseling, and he said, going um, into Mending the Soul really gave him the tools and that's right. what we love to hear. It's like you can go and, and talk about you know all of these the, the abuse that's taken place in your life but to really walk away with the tools is amazing.
6: My it, biggest problem with counseling is that they always focus on not, not Mending the Soul but like a regular therapist. Say you went through your insurance company and you went to a therapist. Everyone I went to Because I always thought I had postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, Everyone I went to. Well, how are you feeling now? What are you experiencing? I'm like, well, I can't sleep. Um, I'm (laughs) agitated. I freak out during the day sometimes. I think people are following me. Oh, well, you have post-traumatic stress or you have postpartum depression, and then they would put me on pills for it. Nobody ever asked me why I was feeling those things, you know? Nobody asked me, well, what's happened in your life to cause those effects? Nobody really? taught me the effects of abuse, and so I could never deal with them on my own until so I started doing many the Soul, and I learned that everything that I was feeling were classic, classic signs of abuse that nobody bothered to educate me on. Yeah,
0: we're just going to medicate you. We're not going to... Dig right. in there and figure out where all these emotions are, are coming from. Well, exactly. We only have a minute left, and I well, want to make sure that, is, that we talk about the benefit concert that's this Saturday at Paradise Valley Community Church, and you can go to MendingTheSoul.com um, Mending and look it up. But it begins at 6 p.m., and, and you're sharing your your story there. So we want to make sure that if anybody else would like to hear a little bit more Make sure that they go check it out because this concert is open to everyone. So thank you so much, yes. Amira. We have to have you back on the show at a later date, and we so appreciate your time with us for sharing. Well,
6: thank you guys so much. I'd love to come back and talk about um, abuse in children so that we can start nipping sexual exploitation in the butt as for our future. Thank you. Absolutely. You.
1: This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 3 central on Togginet.com. juliana will cover it all nothing is off limits she wants to know what matters to you make the connection tune into toginet to connect with juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface connect with juliana on toginet to make a quality connection in your life friday afternoons at four three central on toginet.com it's time to capture the simple piece of the amish in your own life amish wisdom with suzanne woods fisher Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on togynet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
2: Well, we have been talking this morning with some pretty amazing women that have some pretty significant stories. We've been talking about mending the fabrics of our lives. And our next guest is Sarah Morales. And Sarah is somebody that we know and love, and Sarah is somebody that is just full of life. And she just has that smile that when she walks in a room, it just kind of lights it up, but it hasn't always been like that. And you would never know that because Sarah is a survivor of some, uh, some things in life, some patterns that develop at a young age. Because Sarah had to grow up pretty early with a pregnancy at 14 which uh, abortion followed that, and then another pregnancy at 16 that blessed Sarah with a beautiful daughter, and then she endured a very abusive relationship. Sarah, we want to welcome you to Girlfriended, and um, we just so much appreciate you being willing to come and share your story, and I know you do life with us on different levels. We, um, we go into the, some of the strip clubs and, and uh, just kind of talk with those women and encourage them and love on them. Mm-hmm. So can you just kind of share a little bit about your heartbeat and what makes you smile these days?
4: Um, gosh, what makes me smile these days? I just have to say just everything um, I think now that we've just been doing with going into these, um, you know, these trip clubs and just um, bringing these girls these gifts and just knowing that there is, you know, hope for them and that's just not the end of their story there. That really makes me smile.
6: I
2: love that. Because, you know what, it's, it's so fun um, just to do life with you and, and just to see you, and like, when we go in and, and you have a way of just loving these women because you, you can still connect to their heart mm-hmm. understand what what they're going through and and um, mm-hmm. and you are like the poster child for hope for them to go you don't have to allow this to define you right. and be there so can you kind of just explain a little bit about your journey
4: um gosh where do I start um, well you know I, I did get into the business um, the stripping business when I was gosh probably about 21 22 um, you know same story for everybody I was a single mom I You know, I really needed the money. I was living with a girlfriend at the time who, um, you know, was in the industry. And, gosh, I remember she had mentioned to me about an amateur night that these clubs do. And, you know, first place winner would be like $500. So, you know, I was pretty desperate at that time because, you know, I kind of think I was in a survival mode, just being a single mom and, you know, kind of living from place to place. And so, you know, I just... Went into that lifestyle, just thinking, okay, well, it'll just be for a short a period of time, just until I can get us back on our, you know, on our feet. But um, you know, it just didn't end up that way. It just, I mean, I was in the business for about two to three years, and those times were just the most darkest times of my life. I mean, that lifestyle, that whole lifestyle, just really, I mean, rocked my world and just took me on a downward spiral from you know, cocaine, the drinking, the partying. I mean, it was just a really dark moment of my life. And at that point, I just knew, you know, and gosh, I remember just going home one night from working and just, you know, seeing my daughter there and just knowing, you know, I was pretty much her everything. I was what she looked up to, and I just couldn't bear thinking of, um, you know, my daughter living that same lifestyle. And I just knew something had to change, something had to give. And, you know, I always heard about, you know, this Jesus thing, and I just feel like I always I just tried every direction in my life to kind of feel whole and feel complete. And, you know, I just surrendered my life. I surrendered my life to the Lord, not knowing what He was going to do with it, where He was going to take it. And just from that point on, gosh, that was probably about seven, eight years ago. And literally, literally, I really gave Him every ash of me. And He just, He's just filled that with beauty from now on. And just, you know, I just give Him all the glory for that, just for what He's done and what He's still doing.
2: You know what? That is so significant because it really is about relationships. And first mm-hmm. of all, a relationship with Jesus that yeah. really gives us, our lives, the meaning and the value. But it's also about, you know, Jesus uses people in our lives to be a part of our healing process. Yeah. So you have significant people that surrounded you, um, even when you weren't at a place where you had arrived. And I think so many times what right. I think to be at a place I a before I can even be used by, by God or to, you know, feel worthy. And I know you had some significant, like a family that kind of um, brought you in under their mm-hmm. wings. How mm-hmm. you think about some of the relationships in your life?
4: I did, yeah. It was really a neat thing. Well, first, you know, God did put some amazing people in my life. Um, a Christian woman who was just absolutely amazing, that just kind of caught me in the midst of all of, you know, when I was just really down and out in the pit. And um, I had met her actually through my dad. She um, had worked with him, and my dad must have been, you know, ta- sharing with her um, a little bit about my lifestyle. And she just felt led to, you know, come over and um, make dinner for us. And I remember she gave me um, this little card with a scripture on it, which I just, yeah, just still hold tight to that scripture but um it did say those who hope in the lord will renew their strength and mount up with wings of eagles and fly and um that was so new and foreign to me but something in it just i just held on to that and um, that was just kind of a hope for me so um you know and, and i just met with her um you know the next day and she prayed with me you know and that was all new to me um But, I mean, just from that point, I just see God's hand just all over my life. I mean, from just meeting with her and her praying for me and believing in me, um, you know, I just met a couple who um, was in the real estate business, and um, I was looking for a job at that time, and um, a girlfriend of mine told me to go see them. They were hiring for an open house hostess, and um, I met them, and I just started fellowshipping with them and sharing with them. and. They invited my daughter and I to move in with them and put me through real estate school. They just really Uh, believed in me, you know, and really believed in me. They loved the Lord, and and it was just kind of a learning process through the whole thing. They took my daughter and I uh, to church with them, and just a really neat experience.
0: That's so neat to hear. If if we would all just take on one other person, can you imagine? I mean, literally, we just talked about this. Even, you know, here in Arizona, if everyone would just take one, you wouldn't have... The poor, you wouldn't have, you know, doing things that they they don't want to do because they would right. get all oh, financially, and and many times it's just believing in someone. And Sarah, I want to go back a little bit to when you were you were fourteen. Right, uh, you had mentioned to us that you went. And, and had an abortion, and then you were pregnant again at, at 16, mm-hmm. and you made a comment that I think just would really help others because we hear it so often, especially when we do go into the strip club, that you wanted to keep this baby
4: because
0: mm-hmm. you thought it would make your boyfriend love you more. Right. I really uh. do think that there's a um, there's a thread there of the of many gals that think, okay, if I can just keep this child, I won't have this man leave me. I won't be abandoned again. And um, is is there any light that you want to shed on that subject to those thoughts that are
4: going on in so many girls' minds? Just, you know, and it is such a, you know, hard thing to admit, I think, but it is so true. It's so true that especially when we're feeling that type of abuse and not having um, that love filled in our life. We're just searching for it in any way that we can. Um, and, I mean, through that, you know, I, I, I love my daughter, like, more than anything in the world, and I'm so thankful for her and, it's just, um, you know, it's just a really sad place to be, but I think we're just always searching just for that love in some way or another, you know, and, and whatever direction it is, we just have this hole that we're just always looking to fill. And um, I believe when I was, you know, that age, that's just kind of what I was looking, looking to fill and just not, you know, um, you know just realizing um, who I was and, and just what I was worth, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we see
0: it just again and again, and, you know, especially, like, when we do go into the strip clubs, it seems like every single one of them is a single mom. Right. And you go, okay, 10 to 1, they had this child thinking, I will hold on to my man this way. Right. And instead of just, you know, being abandoned themselves, now they're abandoned with a child.
4: Yes. hmm
6: well,
2: and you talked earlier about having a relationship and discovering Jesus. And, you know, there's so many different forms of love because we're talking about how women so desperately want to be loved. I mean, it's just ingrained in us. And so we will go to great lengths to find love, and we will do a lot of unhealthy things for love. And when you talk about, you know, you've discovered Jesus in this and his relationship, and as we know, that is the perfect love. And there's no... Right. Or harm there, and and yet you at times I think when there is abuse early on and there's these um, these patterns that emerge and their reactions to a lot of hurt inside of us that we I think so many women we hear they they um, they get kind of confused on what love should be and I know you were in an abusive relationship where um, this man was physically abusing you mm-hmm. and you kind of allowed it because it's like sometimes you don't you think that's what love is and I think. Right. So many, it, there might be somebody out there listening to this now going, well, that's normal. And it's like, I remember sitting with a gal you who know, she was telling me about some abuse, and, and as she's talking to me, she literally had bruises on her arm and on her face. And wow. I finally listened to her and I said, that is not normal. That is not normal love. That is not a healthy love to have somebody, you know, that you have the scars and the bruises to show for it. My husband has never physically harmed mm-hmm. me in any way. And If he ever did, a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of address this? How come some women, they just settle for love because they want to be loved so much?
4: You know, I think that's exactly what it is. It's just that void of love and not feeling like you're good enough and not feeling like you're worth anything, you know, and even the verbal abuse um, that I remember even feeling, you know, and just, I mean, that held on to me and I started believing, okay, well, this is pretty much what my life is and um, you know, hearing all these negative things feeding into me, I kind of start believing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I can't get any better than this man that I'm with right now. You know, he, on one minute he's hitting me, and the next minute he's telling me how much he loves me and how sorry he is. And I'm believing that, and I'm getting sucked into that every time, you know. Um, and it's just, I, I think just the stem of it is just not feeling, not believing in yourself, that you're worth more than that. You know, so you've been you convinced of the lies
2: because you've had so many yeah. people tell you otherwise and treat you that way that you start yeah. believing that and you allow their words to define you instead yeah. of going to somebody that's you like Jesus and going, that's where my worth comes from.
4: Yep.
0: And, Sarah, yes. we only have one minute left. Could you share just, like, two tips to, to our listeners out there that either in encouraging um, someone else in the sex industry or how to get out?
4: <laughs> well, um, I just want to... I mean, through just my whole testimony, the main thing um, that God just always puts on my heart is just hope, that there is hope. Um, And you know what? And to me, I just felt like at that moment I had nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose just surrendering my life to God and just letting Him completely just take over and be, um, you know, the steerer of of this ship in my life. And that's just what He did. And I just hope that brings someone hope because they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose surrendering their life um, to the Lord.
0: Well, we want to thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the show, and, and I just love that. It's like you have nothing to lose, and it goes back to how bad do you want it right. when, you're, when you're sitting there in so much pain, and we just keep medicating it with drugs and pills rather than really right. being deep. So thank you, Sarah, and we're going to have to have you back on the show and share your story with us.
4: Oh, thank you so much, you guys. It was a joy.
0: Hey.
1: This is Girlfriend it on TogiNap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism, for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonbinrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2 1 Central on TogiNet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on TogiNet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
2: We have had some really great conversation this morning. We if even, we do say so ourselves. Well, <laughs> and only not because of us, but because of these <laughs> women that we've had on here. Let us, let us just clarify that. And amazing stories that um, that need to be told and voices that need to be heard from people. Well, and women that are really making it happen. Exactly. And they're going through the tough um, job and work of trying to find that place of healing and hope and going into some of those dark places and Stirring up some emotions maybe inside that, that we don't always want to stir
0: up and deal with. Yes. Doing the research, some finding healing, and some who have already just they, they found the hope. And it's really neat because it inspires others to, to dig in, to look for the healing, and to get the hope. Well, and you know what? It really is all
2: about relationships. And even just this past Monday night we had our girlfriend at um, team over, and we, we we came to your house this time. I
0: made brownies. Yes, you day. did.
2: And um, we it, it's a meeting, but we don't like to call them meetings because we like to call them experiences because we want we want women to feel like they really are going to miss something if they're not there. So you know we always have to have the it factor in there, and we had just a great time just sharing our heartbeats. We do a lot of laughing at our time together, because we really are trying to rally women to share their heartbeats and to go, okay, what, what can we not stand it anymore that we've got to go do something about? And some of the things we're doing, we're, like Monday night we're going in, we have a group of us going into the strip club to just love on these women and just encourage them. And it is kind of funny because the last time we went in there, like, a, uh, like a m- last month when we went in there, we went into, a, you know, a strip club and um, – and, and people always say, "How do you get in there? What do you do?" Well, we go into the dressing rooms with these gals, and we've established relationships, and we just we talk to them, and we, we love bring on them
0: cupcakes, we make
2: cupcakes, know what hard job this is. Yes, and just to try to you know validate them. But it was interesting because some of the guys that worked there, one guy was the uh, he was like the the communications guy, the marketing guy, and and he. Was having fun in there, which, you know, take that loosely, but he kept bringing us merchandise because um, he wanted to give us something. Yes. And he was giving us <clears> t <throat> shirts and. All sorts of things, and we were just graciously saying thank you, thank you. But well,
0: I guess he figured we we're always bringing gifts, so he would start. Yes, yes, and so giving it, us gifts back. There is never a dull
2: moment when women get together and really trying to do something. But it was just fun to connect our heartbeat and just encourage each other. And we were sharing how we had just come back from Africa, and some of the impact of just being with women in relationships, and hearing these stories, and healing, and hearing you know, the hope though. That that is in Jesus and how the power of prayer. Yeah. And
0: how significant that is. The healing that has taken place. And then we also were talking about we have Arizona City Fest, the Women's Luncheon Expo on March 12th, and we have so women, so many women that are engaged in that, and they're so excited about that. Plus, because they're shopping, I think that has a lot the to do Exo with part, that. Yes, <laughs> The Expo part, yes. any excitement <laughs> of that. Well, you know
2: what? I, I kind of was thinking because um, I know last night we were we were speaking to a group. We've been doing some speaking lately for, for Streetlight, um, just kind of bringing that away. Awareness piece to people about the, the issue of child sex slavery. And I know that I had I had an adult come up to me last night because we were talking about the issue and how it even isn't affecting um, the Phoenix area where we live mm-hmm. and how prevalent it is because we tend to think of slavery as, you know, the 1800s and Civil War and everything, but the reality is today there's more modern-day slaves than there ever isn't that crazy? So yeah, is crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. I think that there's
0: more slaves today than there ever was, and we think of, yeah, the Civil War and everything... That's gone on in history,
2: and uh, and this this guy that I was talking to yesterday came up to me, and he said, "Okay, I had no idea when you guys were up there talking about, you know." child sex slavery in Phoenix, I, I got on my iPhone and I Googled it, and he goes, I was amazed at what came up and how much came up. He goes, I had no idea. So there is so much. It's like when we were just talking with Sarah, she's like, we got to keep talking about this. Yeah. we got to be talking about some of these stories and these issues because it's only in the, the talking about them that we can bring the darkness to light and there can be healing for women. And that's what we want to do with Girlfriend Dead, Is It's really rally women together to share our stories, and to share the hope and the healing and then together to go out there and start tackling some of these these issues and letting women
0: know you have cheerleaders out there. Yes, and so many times when you when you do talk about it, we don't always sound like we're, you know, we have to talk about the dark things that are taking place. But what we've seen is, is lives are being transformed from it and people are coming up. I know we had several um, women coming up. Um, one gal came up and shared, you know, that her husband has been, uh, sexually addicted for the last 14 years, and, you know, I, I need help. And so many times they, they don't even know where to go. And it's exactly what Amira was talking about, that it, I'm just going to keep going in and getting, you know, pills and having it medicated rather than really going in and getting some good healing and good therapy. And I know um, last night one of the counselors had a girl come up and share that and she was underaged, that she had someone that was sexually molesting her. And that's when it, it's not fun because this counselor had to do something about it. You have to report it because mm-hmm, by law you're required to do that. And so we're going to talk about
2: just some of the things that moving forward in life, no matter where you find the fabric of your life and kind of the tattered areas that's going on, it's like there is hope and healing, but... But we have to be willing to do the hard work, too, to, to get to the other side. And moving forward, no matter what you're involved in, no matter what activity, like we said, we're involved in um, a, a Louise Powell women's luncheon for our state, an expo and our luncheon coming up. And anytime you're trying to do something positive, you, you, you it seems like you take so many steps forward, but then there's always some backward mm-hmm. um, motion because there's always people speaking in and the naysayers. So we just want to just kind of challenge some of our journey, and what we're just discovering in women is that. When you move forward with anything to do the right thing, it is not always easy and it's not always fun. Um, And we we love the fun factor, so we're always looking for that entertainment piece, but it's not always there.
0: No, it's not always there. And sometimes when when the evil factor comes in, (laughs) we we have a tendency to either ignore it (laughs) and just focus on the fun, but sometimes you have to go there and really peel those onions back and figure out, why this part is not happening. Well, like I said, like the counselor last night, we, we had to remind him it's not
2: it's not fun. Yeah. And it it's not easy. Very discouraging. It's the right thing to do. To, to, uh, and, and, and the other thing is because, is you know, my temperament, I am such a people pleaser. I want everybody to applaud everything I do, and, and they don't. I, I discover, do. I applaud you. And I appreciate that, and that's why I keep you in <laughs> Close to, close to me because you, you do need those cheerleaders in life to tell you that you're okay because there's so many people that want to just really kind of cut you off. And, and we know that when you're doing anything significant that you're going to have all those people that go, what about and have you heard and someone saying this and you can go – and, you know, our human nature is to focus on those negative things instead of all the good things that are happening. Well,
0: that would be the one downfall, I think, with um, social networking, having so many people that you have access to. Because when you are out there, all of a sudden, you know, someone Twitters you or Facebooks you. You, you know, not everybody in the past, you didn't give everybody your email. They really didn't no. have access to you. Now exactly. it's like, I am exposed and out there. And so, you know, within a second, people can
2: respond Well, to and you. people, I think, feel like it's their right or they have permission to really speak in. Well, some
0: of like talk radio because we have talk radio where everybody can just share. It, yeah, it's their right to, to totally tear you down. <laughs> yeah, and, and with that comes discouragement
2: sometimes. Yeah. You can really kind of go in a hole. And sometimes I, I, I know my temperament, which I'm really revealing a lot here about my temperament. It's like when I get in those times it's like I can just go silent. Even though I can be so gabby sometimes, when I get really, you know, kind of that beat up feeling, you can kinda of go in a hole where you're and it's just and isolate yourself.
0: Yeah. And that's why it's so important to find accountability, like a safe place that you can go and you have that support and you know, basically those those cheerleaders in your life, you have the you know, we've heard before. You have your balcony friends, and then you have your basement friends. Yes. Which those basement friends are always dragging you down. Yes. But your balcony friends are always—they're going to cheer you on. Not and that you, waving the flags and throwing the confetti and yeah, you know. not that it's a false cheering. No, I mean, you don't want no. that. You 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 love to have the that critical lens for people to speak into you on how you can better yourself. But, well, and it's also the people,
2: a lot of times it's people you've given permission to speak into you because you value their input. They've earned it. They've earned it. Mm-hmm. And so many, so many times we have people that just want to, you know, give you their opinion when you go, I, but I don't really know you, and you don't really know me. <laughs> and yet they feel very free to express their feelings. Yes. Yeah. So you have to kind of you'd be discerning with that. But it's also, like we say, it's finding accountability and support when you're doing anything yeah.
3: significant.
0: And the time to reflect. So you you don't make the same mistakes over and over again. So many times you just you keep moving forward, and like Amira said, you're you're kind of burying some of that. You know, be, be it shame or whatever, you're you're not taking that time to go. Why am I doing this? I'm just going to bury it. I'm going to stuff it back in this compartment, or I'm going to stay busy
2: in life. Yes, you keep you keep moving forward. And if I'm busy, then I don't have to think about it. I know when we went to Africa. What was my, one of my biggest challenges when we got there? They said, okay, we want you to observe
0: and to reflect. Okay, that was so hard for me. Was that hard for you? Um, I think I was already, I went there in that re- reflective state knowing that we were going to have so much time on our hands. Well,
2: the observing part, because yeah. I wanted to stay busy and grasp it. I, I found that was such a great discipline, and I tried to really bring that back into real life mm-hmm. to do a little bit more observing and reflecting. And so I kind of carry a, note, a notepad with me now to write down things that I notice or if somebody says something. And it's amazing, because when you really start observing, there's some profound things that are happening around you, significant things, and people are saying significant things, and, and if yet
0: we don't take the time to be still. Yeah, and speaking of profound things, we're, we're having a jump because we only have about a minute left, but I want to talk about our significant month of March that we are doing the Girlfriended T-shirts, and it's the March Madness that... Um, you can go to our site. And in fact, you have one of the T-shirts on I now. I have one on. We are doing radio in our Girlfriend at T-shirts because we have claimed this month that no more, not on our watch, we are not letting it happen anymore, no more girlfriends out on the streets. So, Wear your shirt, we're going to wear it over and over and over again. so when people will ask, you ever will you ever wash yours? I will probably wash it, but give me four or five days in it first <laughs> and then and then I'll put it on again and when people keep you know looking at you and that weird look going, why do you why are you wearing that shirt over and over again, we can respond. it is not going to happen on our watch. no more girlfriends. Um, And
4: you know, whatever
2: your cause is, too, whatever you go, I I want this injustice is not going to happen. I'm going to be a part of the solution. And this is one way is to get to be a voice and get the awareness because we know awareness is prevention on anything.
0: Well, we thought it was funny because we actually spoke to a bunch of junior high and high school high schoolers last week, and they were like dying to get these shirts because they wanted to be a part of it. And I love that when everybody goes, you know what, I can do my part, create the buzz, create the buzz, and go out there and do something. And
2: we actually we had pictures of our of our. Girlfriends from Monday night in their Girlfriended shirts on our Girlfriended... Facebook page. So you can see pictures of Sarah and some of our other friends. Yeah, post. Friends. Post yourself in the shirt wherever you are, especially if you're from, you know, if you're in Fiji or something like that. Make, yeah. sure, yes. make, make sure, <laughs> sure you let us know and get the girlfriends rallying. And you know what? We only have a few seconds left. This has been so fun doing the show with you today. Well, I well, think I will encourage you and I will be your cheerleader for the rest of the day. And we want to thank Carrie for being our cheerleader from the site too because we always we, we love having Carrie on board with us. Here Hi. comes to two. Have a great day.